We have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry V and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. We are going to do um, sort of a part two to yesterday's program where we discussed the student walkout in mm-hmm. West Virginia. I really believe that it signals where we are as a nation, um, probably more than what you see politicians doing, more than what you see happening in media. I think... Um, the the generation that is now but is to come you know what i mean like it's it's here right now yeah but we're talking about the future generation right i think that that becomes a huge indication um of where we are as a nation right and it's unfortunate to me that so many people um discount the value of influencing children Mm. (laughs) and it's one of those things and i use this illustration all the time but it's one of those things where it's like you know, here we are as parents, Christian parents, Christian grandparents, Christian aunts and uncles, yeah. and we've got all of this food on the plate. Mm. And the culture, not to personify it, mm-hmm. though it is made up of people, these people in the culture right. who do not fear God, they're like, you're not going to eat that? Right. They value it. And if they we, value if we it. don't get it, they get it, and they see it, and they're like, man, like you're saying. Not going to let it go to waste. Yeah. You don't want that? <laughs> Yeah, I'll take it. we'll take it. We'll take it. And, and so that's what they've been doing. Actually, that's what they've been doing for a number of years um, by many different means. Right. Um, I would say chiefly through our system of education. And that's not an accident. That was the intent. Right. That, you know, when you funnel kids through a system where the bottleneck um, assumes that they have all been taught certain things, they've all been taught in a certain way then you're going to create the kinds of citizens that will behave in a certain way mm-hmm. once they are out in the general population. Right. All right. Just to say it that way once they're out. And so that's how our um, government schools have operated. We're going to talk a little bit about that, kind of do a jog around um, how intentional the fight has been um, for the minds of our children and um, identify that place as the source or the, the seat of learning as it has been for our culture. Um, for well over a hundred years. So anyway, but before we do that, we've yes. got some announcements that we want to tell our listeners about. Yeah, we have a, a few announcements. Um, first you can email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net. Uh, the big announcement also, you know, uh, the registration is, is open. Uh, marriage family life conference, 2022. You can go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. You can register. We have a few more things on the website. So you should go check it out. Like we have some, uh, Hotel listings, uh, we have, you know, just a few more things on there for you to uh, check out that will be helpful as you get ready for the, the Marriage Family Life Conference happening uh, July 7th through the 9th uh, here in Tupelo, Mississippi at the Bancorp South Arena. Uh, man, I just want to encourage everyone that we still have time to to get in there and get your uh, early bird uh, code in so you can have 25% oh, wonderful. off. Yeah, yeah, so... 
It's it's going fast though. It's going fast. So okay. you you need to register now for the early bird for the early bird. Yeah, okay. for, yeah, for the early bird. But you can you know register after that, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want to get that discount, uh, you need to register uh, now. Uh, MarriageFamilyLife.net is the website that you will go to, and you'll find all information right there. And uh, it's just something that you need to check out. Uh, if you're wondering about hotels, you're wondering about certain things, we have a FAQ page. If you have questions, things like that, so you can check that out on the website. So it occurred to me as I was looking over um, in preparation for today's program, I don't think it's ever really dawned on me um, the tremendous fight that has existed at the government school level for the minds of children and for the the spiritual anchor of children, like to sort of wrestle children away from their parents. I really kind of see this um, exaggerated and kind of sped up uh, here recently, but this has been going on for a very long time to wrestle kids away from um, what would have been the position of authority that their parents held. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to paint a picture of that as we talk about this, this walkout really um, just signaling the walk away yeah. um, of our nation. Yeah, we, yeah. we, and I said it yesterday, I may not say it in the exact same way that I said it yesterday, mm-hmm. but we are not going to be better than that next generation. Do you know what I mean? Like we can't keep looking behind us and talking about our greatness as if that greatness, <laughs> yes, as if it just becomes frozen in time, <laughs> right? Like, and, and that, and so we say we are, this is, this is what makes America great. And mm. and I was thinking about this, I was driving Oh, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Um, At some point I was driving and I had a moment of just, you know, along with my thoughts kind of a thing. And I was thinking about the number of times that when we discuss headlines or um, just kind of the average everyday Mm -hmm. American, when things happen in our country, you know, we are accustomed to saying, man, that's just that's not America. Mm. Right. We say that often. Right. And so I was thinking about this, <laughs> wow. that we say, man, that's not America. And and I was thinking, at what point, at what point? Do you point, stop saying that? Yes. Yeah. Man, where that's, it that's actually becomes who we are. Right. And, and I think and I think the place we need to look mm-hmm. is at our youth. Mm. Because they are an indication of what the nation is on track to be. Like, mm. they, they are an indication of what we are. Right? Man. Like, you, you, go ahead. Now, I was going to tell you that I was talking to a friend today, and, and he mentioned to me, that when he was younger, when he was young, they had a time when the Gideons used to come to the, the school he would mm-hmm. go to. I remember. And, and, he and said, hand out like, Bibles. Hand out Bibles. He said when he was like in the fifth grade, he would hand out Bibles. And it was a thing to get one of these green Bibles. And they, yep. would, and they would do like an assembly. Yep. And they would, they would teach. They would preach, you know. And he said also uh, in his where he lived, when there was like a revival in town, Sometimes the evangelists would come to the school and do an assembly. Yep. And, you know, it was like the kids wanted to go. It was a different, yes. you know. So yes. we were talking about this issue, how things have changed so, so much mm-hmm. that we're not, we can't keep going back to saying like, you know, this is not America or this is how things used to be. Like, where are we now? We have to deal yeah. with, with that and how, even how we got here. You know? Yes, exactly right. And and I think the sooner we do that, the more effective we will be. Yeah. So just to, to the point that you're making about getting um, Bibles from the Gideons, I remember that in high school myself. Mm-hmm. I remember standing outside of our high school 
um, at about 315, 320, mm-hmm. waiting to load up on our buses to go home. And the Gideons outside handing out Bibles to everyone. And everyone was grabbing Bibles. <laughs> like, I don't I don't remember mm. anybody like, oh, we this is a violation of separation of church and state. <laughs> right, like, I don't right. nobody said right. anything like that. I mean, it's just but I, I'm going to tell you, I really do believe that when you look at the response of children to Christianity. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the response of children to religion because because actually and all of us every creature is religious of sorts, right? It just the question is do they have the truth, right? Do they have the truth? Mm-hmm. And so children are religious. And in fact, our public education system knows this, so they are making disciples. They are followers. They are worshiping something. They are being indoctrinated. They're being um, given tenets by which they are to submit. And even they are proselytizing among themselves. They're sharing this, you know, quote unquote revelation here and there. So they're religious. Yeah. It's just the thing that they were rejecting was Christianity. Mm. That is what they were rejecting. And and I've mm. got to say, I really believe that the reason these kids, and, and probably you would see this in other places as well, I'm not picking on West Virginia, I think that the reason these kids were rejecting evangelical Christianity is because um, leaders, teachers, the media have done a tremendous job of connecting evangelical Christianity to things like racism, white supremacy, um, the closed minded, mm-hmm. um, those who, you know, cling to their Bibles and their guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like those yeah. are the things that have really shaped the way I think the younger generation is looking at Christianity. It's not a cool religion. Mm. I guarantee. Well, I can't guarantee you. I let me tell you what I imagine. I imagine that if there were some sort of assembly where you had some sort of, you know, mystic gathering and was going to hand out um, red strings to tie around each of the kids' wrists and tell them that this was their new source of energy and that when they felt afraid that they were to just look up on that red string around their wrist, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that there would not have been a walkout after that. Right. Now, I, I mean, I feel strongly about no, that. I, Again, I'm, I'm using words like I guarantee, agree. but what I'm saying is that the war is against Christianity. Yeah, no, you're you're right because there there's not a walkout with all the other foolishness that's going Come on in the schools. On. Exactly, it's being embraced. So yes. you know, I think you're right about that that point that you're making. I think is right. So here we go. So um, I didn't get to this article. I, I kind of started in on it and I didn't finish it up, but I want to use it to kind of go back into this discussion and just talk about where I believe we are as a nation and to know where we are, to know where we are as a nation. Um, look at our young people. Look at look at who they are right now. And this tells you a whole lot about where we are as a nation. So here is the second article um, from yesterday's discussion. School district is sued after evangelical revival assembly prompts walkout. Parents and students have filed a federal lawsuit after a West Virginia public school district admitted last week, or this is two weeks ago now, that two teachers mistakenly took their high school classes to a voluntary Christian revival assembly hosted by the school's FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Nearly a dozen parents and students represented by the Wisconsin-based Freedom From Religion Foundation filed the lawsuit on Thursday. They claim that the students' First Amendment rights were violated because they were forced to attend an assembly led by a local evangelist on February 2nd during the school's equivalent of homeroom period. 
Named as defendants in the lawsuit are, is it Cable County Board of Education? That's what I'm assuming is how you say that, that name there. Cable County Board of Education, Superintendent Ryan Sachs, and Huntington High School Principal Daniel Gleason. Students allege that the assembly sponsored by the school's FCA club and led by evangelist Nick Walker sought to convert students to evangelical Christianity. Students were reportedly asked to assemble in prayer and if they wanted to give their lives to Jesus Christ or risk going to hell. I mean, that's (laughs) those are the options. Yes, those are actually the options. FFRF. Freedom from Religion Foundation, which advocates for a strict separation of church and state, argues that teachers' actions violated the First Amendment's Establishment Clause. The group contends that the school board and the administrators, quote, have not taken sufficient action to stop adults from preaching to students at school and at school-sponsored activities. No, actually, they they really kind of only care about this when Christianity is involved. Because as I alluded to before, we've had stories that made headlines because parents were outraged where they learned that their kids were being required to read the Quran as authoritative mm-hmm. and to even recite Muslim prayers. But did FFRF show up for that? Of course not. The lawsuit hopes uh, for significant policy changes, the training of employees and supervision of employees Mm. in order to protect the constitutional rights of students. Now, again, and I made this point yesterday, so I just want to reiterate. Well, let me finish this here because I underline this further. The complaint calls for the court to bar the school from sponsoring religious assemblies and other religious worship services during the school day. Hmm. So, so yeah. give oversight uh-huh. to the teachers, Right. give oversight to the administration, mm-hmm. give oversight, but furthermore, stop having the religious assemblies altogether. So that seems like some other constitutional rights being infringed upon. Yeah, absolutely. So then the, <laughs> the, the teachers now are having their First Amendment rights infringed upon, which means, which guarantees that they don't actually have to check their religious convictions at the door because they work at a public school. They actually get to be Christians inside the walls of those public schools. They actually have the right to speak freely and openly. They, their, their free speech cannot be curtailed. But again, here, here, in addition to the points that we're already making, how can we ignore that religion is being taught in schools today? The objection is not to religion. Please understand that. The objection is to Christianity. Mm -hmm. When you can teach that a person can be born into the wrong body, this is a spiritual concept. Okay, this is a spiritual concept. This is not a biological concept. This is not a biological fact or reality. Let me not even say concept. This is a religious one. So this fight is against Christianity. We'll drill down further on the other side of this break. Stay right there.
Separation church and state is a phrase that had a really well-established historical meaning at the time the founders used it. It was not just a concocted phrase. Uh, it was a state established for 150 years after they used it, but very simply, it was that the Bible had created an institutional separation of church and state. You had Aaron over the spiritual stuff in the temple. You had Moses over the civil stuff. When King Uzziah tried to combine them, God whacked the king, and now I want the two institutions separate. But it got combined at about the 4th century A.D., and what happened was the government took over the church, and the government said, we'll determine theology, and you guys enforce what we tell you to do. Wasn't the church taking over the government? So what happened was we went about 12 centuries that way. We call it the Dark Ages. That's where all the atrocities occurred in the name of religion, particularly the Christian religion. And you get to a point in time where that you have dissenters popping up, about 30 folks over seven nations, 250 years, said, no, we've got to go back to what the Scriptures say. And that's, that's the first guys to start pushing for separation of church and state. It really came to a head when Henry VIII in England wanted a divorce. The church said, no, not doctrine. You can't get divorced. He said, I'll start my own church and turn my own doctrines. At that point, Reverend Richard Hooker said, no, got to be separation church and state. You're the government. You don't determine church doctrine. So at that point, you had from England, 1580s, starting to come to America, people who had that view, that belief. The government is always trying to take over the church, not vice versa. So for the 150 years in America, separation church and state meant the government can't stop us from doing a religious activity, determining our own theology, expressing ourselves, our faith the way we want. And that's the way the founders did in the First Amendment. Government cannot do anything to establish a federal religion, and government cannot do anything to stop religious exercises, period. When Jefferson wrote the famous letter January the 1st, 1802, it was in response to a group of Baptists in Danbury, Connecticut, saying, we're the minority religion up here. We're afraid the government's going to stop us from expressing our faith. He said it won't happen. There's a wall of separation between church and state. So for 150 years after Jefferson's letter, separation meant the government could not stop a public religious activity. It changed in 1947. A judicial decision called Elverson versus Board of Education. The court said, you know, we think Jefferson screwed it up. Separation, he said, meant the government couldn't stop it. We think that it should mean that the church can't get involved in public stuff. And so at that point in time, we're now at the point where Congress shall make no law. Now means that a kid can't say the word God at a graduation, which is a stupid parsing of the Constitution and First Amendment. But that's the history of separation, church, and state. Mm, David Barton. Thank you, David. David Barton of Wall Builders. That's, that's an old clip, him at a conference. Um, but I thought just his quick way of breezing through that to kind of give you the highs and the lows uh, when a person is crying out separation of church and state. I want to point out some things. Um, that I think are interesting. But first, let me just say welcome back. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. And I'm Will. Oh, I'm Miki. <laughs> sorry, Will. I'm sorry. I'm Miki. Yeah, that's that's. And I'm Will. I like, though, and, and that you're Sarah just kind of like, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. I love how your computer doesn't shut down. You're like, no, I'm going to carry out my commands. Her computer is stuck. She didn't go through. Okay, that's fine. Um, I got it. Yeah, I'm Miki. And, and I'm Will. And, and I'm Will. Um, so, so here's something that I find really interesting about that. Like... We have recently, and, and we're going to open the phone lines up in the last segment here because I really would like to get your take on this. So recently what we have experienced in America, which has been sort of interesting to watch, is the government slowly um, kind of infringing upon our personal rights, um, coming for things like businesses, um, you know, I, I would say acting as thought police. And these things yeah. have been very shocking. Yeah. But this didn't begin recently. 
right? right? So this actually began in our public education system where the government said, no, your, your kids cannot bring their religious convictions with them in school. Teachers cannot bring their religious convictions with them in school. And so you have, and um, David Barton alluded to this in 1947, Everson versus Board of Education, where you have um, a ruling, a 5-4 ruling, that the First Amendment was effectively redefined. And I excuse me for expressing it this way, but this is the way I conceptualize it. The First Amendment was effectively redefined to protect the government (laughs) when the First Amendment was supposed to protect the citizens. Mm -hmm. Right. It was to say that the government cannot take over your religious beliefs. The government cannot curtail the free exercise of your religious beliefs. The government cannot form some sort of national religion to which we must all adhere. So this protection was for the American people, not for the government. And yet that's what it became in 1947. And this by means of using education using education sort of as the catapult to get to this curtailing of freedom. And then the next thing that we see taking place is in 1967. And I thought that this was really, I'm sorry, 1962. I thought that this was really interesting talking about public education here. There was once a time, and this is before my time, obviously, (laughs) but there was once a time I'm going to recite the prayer and some of our listeners, you will recognize that prayer because you stood up in school and you prayed this prayer until 1962 when the Supreme Court said that you couldn't in Ingle versus Vitale. No, you can no longer pray this prayer. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence upon thee and we beg thy blessings upon us, our parents, our teachers and our country. Amen. Wow. So we once had kids standing up and praying that prayer. But then, you know, as we continue to progress and as we continue to use the 1947 ruling sort of as the new basis, the redefinition of what the First Amendment actually means, then now we have this school prayer that is said to violate the court's new 1947 definition of the First Amendment. And listen, brothers and sisters, we have descended ever since Mm -hmm. with ever increasing sort of, I guess, I don't know if you can say ever increasing increments, but in small changes over over time that get bigger and bigger until until you have people who don't even recognize what it's like to be free. But there's something I think even more sinister than that. It is that you now have children who reject the teachings of their parents Mm. They pretend to be aloof during school time. They have to pretend that God is insignificant or worse than that. He actually is insignificant to them because we have had a redefinition of the first amendment. Now, will the great, this is what I did. And I hope you don't mind here. Mm-hmm. I actually, I went to your presentation that you gave um, just this weekend. And I was thinking about this and, and I was thinking like, how do we get to a place where we would believe that the founders of this country actually believed that the people of this country did not have the right to mm-hmm. exercise their religious convictions freely. Like, how would we get to that point? Right. Well, we would easily get to that point if the lessons of history were revised yeah, or 
worse than that, just not taught. Right. Like if, if you didn't know what the founders envisioned, then you would think that the Supreme Court's ruling um, in 1947 that it was right. That they that they got it, that they hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think it's interesting to note that in 1947, in order for them to arrive at their, quote unquote, separation of church and state, they actually don't go to the Constitution. They actually (laughs) go to some of Thomas Jefferson's writings where he's addressing Christians who are concerned that they're not going to be able to operate according to their doctrinal conviction. So my question with something like this is when they were reading that, did they not know? the history Hmm. of that or was it something more sinister (laughs) yeah so i can't i cannot say that i know know what's in the heart of man right right right. but these Um, are some smart guys you know smart people that are making these decisions and these rulings i I have to think that they knew what was going on but Mm -hmm. it just seems kind of sinister yeah i i think i think that's where you talk about the decline of man like when listen christianity and um a true fear of god controls the passions of man mm. and when i say passions do not don't think sexual i just think the the urges of man right mm-hmm. and so i think even for um the the justices who would have said oh well wait a minute we we do have um we do have some sort of wording somewhere where there is the acknowledgement that there is a separation of church and state maybe we could use that i think what what does using those lines from that 1802 letter written by thomas jefferson what does using that do well i think it allows for man to hide behind his proclivity Mm. to reject god right now i i mean i i can't you know what i'm saying i can't say those justices hated God. No, I, and I wouldn't say that. Right. But I do think that man um, unsubmitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ is ever in rebellion against God. Right. I know, and I don't care how it's manifested. I think he's ever in rebellion against God. I was looking at the quotes from your presentation. Um, Governor Morris, known as the penman of the Constitution, he wrote the preamble. All right. So this is one of the founders of this country. So because the question is, did our founders envision a country where there was, as in 1947, was defined as a separation of church and state? Because they did envision a country where people were able to exercise their religious convictions freely, Hmm. where they were able to exercise their religious convictions freely without fear of being punished by the government. They did envision a country that looked like that. Right. But did they envision the 1947 redefinition of what the First Amendment to the Constitution is? Well, let's go to some of their own writings to see what they said. And so here is Governor Morris, who wrote the preamble to the Constitution. For avoiding the extremes of despotism or anarchy, the only ground of hope must be on the morals of the people. The only ground of hope must be on the morals of the people. I believe that religion is the only solid base of morals and that morals are the only possible support of free governments. <laughs> Therefore, education should teach the precepts of religion and the duties of man towards God. Mm. He he would have been in violation. <laughs> right. The freedom of people's from religion. First Amendment. <laughs> people would have been on him. <laughs> they, 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 they would have come <laughs> for him. Now, think about this and think about where we are. Like, think about what our kids expect and what our kids believe about the founding of this nation. 
and what the rights of its citizens really are. Patrick Henry, righteousness alone can exalt them. Speaking of this country, righteousness alone can exalt them as a nation. Reader, whoever thou art, remember this. And in thy sphere, practice virtue thyself and encourage it in others. The great pillars of all governments and of social life, I mean virtue, morality, and religion, this is the armor, my friend, and this alone that renders us invincible. Mm. So all of the things, so I just, I want to say this because all of the things, like we have all of these questions where we're trying to kind of figure out, um, you know, how we're going to get our country back. You know, and, right. and, 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 and people are like, you know, we're going to, we're going to mount up. We, we're about to, I don't know why the people who want to mount up sound like that. I'm sorry. Okay. But you do, you sound like that. We're going to mount up. Okay. But here, the protection of the country, the protection of the country was in the morality of its citizens. Look at that. And it's coming from the, the founders and what they want to teach. Like you said, they want to revise it. Make it different. They want to teach sixteen, nineteen, and, and oh, all this come other, on! You know they don't want to teach that. What we're talking about, you know, what the founders said and and the importance of religion and and morals and virtue. They want to teach. No, nah, this was built on slavery and on the back. You know, it's, and it's, so what does it do? It teaches one to hate one's country. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it teaches one to hate one's country. It teaches one to reject the founders. And their vision for this country, mm-hmm. rather than being able to like walk and chew gum at the same time mm-hmm. and say that you can have people who have great aims and they mm-hmm. themselves are flawed. It, it's a, it's interesting. It's right. like some of these people, it's like I, I, you know, I want their computer histories to be made public. Mm. You know what I mean? Like some of them, I want their search engine histories to yeah. be made public. Yeah. Some of them, I want, you know, the flies on the wall and some of the rooms where they're having conversation. I want those flies to buzz about spreading everything that they've said and see mm. how consistent their lives have been from the beginning to now. Because they feel like these founders and these guys are disqualified because of right. their shortcomings. Right. And and I would say that if that were true, then all of us are disqualified. Yeah, right. Like, listen, hear me well. I may look I make no right. bones about that because when we look and, and I think this is where we've gotten into trouble. We tend to expect and even guys. And I want to tell I want to say something to every believer. Where the history is, the history man. Tell the history. Yeah. The Bible does tell the look. That's man. You look. Come on, man. <laughs> the Bible. You understand does. what I'm saying? Like, so we get into trouble because we try to spend all of this time trying to make perfect men so that we can value what they contributed. Mm. I'm like, no, I value what they contributed. Period. Mm-hmm. They were flawed individuals, and I right. would like to meet the individual who isn't. Right. Like that doesn't take anything. Like you know, you're you're like, wow. We don't want to take away from the legacy. No, the legacy is in what they submitted to. Mm. And obviously the Lord was leading in the founding of this country and they submitted to that Mm. as flawed as they were, Mm. man. And by God's amazing grace, he upheld this country and why? And it's there. so many of the quotes and so many of the things that we go through and we're looking at, okay, wow, man, they, they were brilliant beyond their time. Like, I mean, there was just a, it's almost like there was a, if you go back, cause we were reading even just this morning and uh, we were reading about Moses's um, father-in-law Jethro Mm giving him some wisdom and he's, and he's like, Moses, you're going to wear yourself out. Mm. Here's what you need to do. You need to set up counties, <laughs> then states, then federal governments. Governments. <laughs> of course, that's not what the scriptures say. But when you look at that, you see the wisdom of God, yeah. right? Given to Jethro, who submitted to Yahweh 
after Moses told him about the victories that they had. Then you see Jethro submitting to Yahweh. And then almost immediately, here's some wisdom from Yahweh given to Jethro to give to Moses. And it's to create order. Mm. To have these governments, these concentric circles, if you will. And our nation arises and we sort of mirror that. All right, we'll grab the break. We'll open the phone lines when we get back. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. I'm looking at you, Abigail. Abigail is my sweet friend in West Monroe, Louisiana, who I want to say one of the first times I ever met her, um, she walked up to me and was just like, (laughs) 888-589-8840. You got it down better than I do. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you want to talk to us, you can do that. Uh, welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Jennifer Meckle with Great God. David Ramsey, revolutionary surgeon and member of the Continental Congress, quote, had I a voice that could be heard from New Hampshire to Georgia, it should be exerted in urging the necessity of disseminating virtue and knowledge among our citizens. Disseminating virtue and knowledge among our citizens. On this subject, the policy of the eastern states is well worthy of imitation. The wise people of that extremity of the union never form a new township without making arrangements that secure to its inhabitants the instruction of youth and the public preaching of the gospel. Mm. Hmm. (laughs) Hence, as a result of this, you would say today, their children are early taught to know their rights and to respect themselves. Mm. They grow up good members of society and staunch defenders of their country's cause. Both of which liberal progressives do not want Mm. in our children today. They don't want good members of society. They want obedient ones. They don't want staunch defenders of their country's cause. They they just want um, mute followers. How about and, that? Can and we it's say a, that? It's amazing to me how in these writings you hear the importance that's placed upon religion, upon God, yes. upon morals. And even from the founding, they, they're not talking about merely like politics, but they're no. talking about, you know, God and what's going to uh, uh, manifest out of the Come heart on. of man. You know, to be yes. able to create a, the nation that you want. And I think we have it twisted. You know, we say, well, we can get this right person in and we can do this and we can and our party can win and all this kind of kind of stuff. And we neglect, you know, the preaching of the gospel mm-hmm. or that mm-hmm. the heart of man has to change mm-hmm. in order for there to be a change. You know, and so we miss it. We miss it because yeah, we, we have it all it. flipped, you know, upside down. Because we're trying to use human effort mm-hmm. to get the results that we desire. Exactly. Let me say this to you, to, to every Christian listening. If it has not yet 
occurred to you what you desire actually like if you if you really take a second and step back like if someone were to say man what do you desire for this country you might list a lot of the superficial things but i'll just kind of clue you in what you desire actually must be the work of the spirit of god in the heart of men of men yeah that's that's actually what you really desire yeah. because all of the superficial changes are the results of a heart that is not converted it's mm. a person who doesn't fear god there's no fear of god in his eyes so he um will act unjustly <laughs> right he he will not care about the 10 commandments right he will not love the lord god with everything that is in him and he will certainly not love his neighbor as he loves himself mm. So when you think about all of the things that you want, all of the things that you desire in this country, I don't know if anyone has told you that before, but the things that you want, like the things that you, you know, you're watching the news or you're mm -hmm. listening to the news on, and you're just like outraged. You're like, man, we got a <laughs> and you're just chewing gum and talking, <laughs> right? Those things, actually what you want is yeah. you want the gospel to Come penetrate on. the human heart. That's right. And that's yet, and yet that's not what you push. Mm. that's not what you push and so you keep getting the same results because you think if we can just get this person then and then so you so you get like a super candidate mm -hmm. you get a super candidate but strangely enough the culture continues to decline Things don't change yeah no <laughs> no benjamin rush and then we'll go to the phone lines benjamin rush mm -hmm. without this talking about religion without this there can be no virtue and without virtue there can be no liberty and liberty is the object and life of all Republican governments without the restraints of religion and social worship, men become savages. Mm. Yo, listen, mm. listen, I, you know, I feel like the savages are like, Hey, don't compare me to them. No, I'm just kidding. That's, <laughs> that's not decline is evident. Decline is yeah. evident, and it's because of the absence of the gospel. It's because we have made less of God. Mm. We we have diminished and reduced our view of God. That doesn't mean that God is reduced. Right. But I will tell you, the benefits and the blessings that would be ours, and we have rejected. We have turned away because we've said, you know, I have a better way to do this. Mm. Even the founders knew that the better way was his, capital H-I-S, was his way. Right. They understood that. Right. We're not going to be a better nation than a collection of people who understand that the fear of God, that the acknowledgement of God blesses our nation. We're just not going to be better than that. And to summarize my point and then go to the phone lines here, a generation that stages a walkout because the gospel is preached tells us everything we need to know about where we are as a country. Wow. Tells us everything we need to know. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Jacqueline in Tennessee. Hi, Jacqueline. Hello. Hello. Uh, hi. I was just calling um, to kind of comment on the um, how the founding fathers, you know, they did obviously put in freedom of religion, um, but I think everybody has kind of taken it and and just dropped of religion and it's just freedom they have all of these freedoms mm. and liberties and we celebrate that so well and mm. and like you're saying it leads to decline um for all of the reasons listed but also because of that decline i think we really need to start looking into um the feet of clay and iron and mm -hmm. the we need to start looking into what is going to come and start really talking and preaching about what is going to come because mm -hmm. as you said it's it's pretty evident what's going to happen <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's going it, we're seeing it it's prophecy it's happening 
Absolutely. It is being fulfilled. It is unfolding before our eyes. I mean, yeah. I, I will just say this to our sister's point here. I mean, it's like um, it's like a chess game, mm. really, like seeing the pieces kind of get into place and, and yep. seeing these things happen. Um, but I want to I want to double back to a point that Jacqueline made um, when she talked about how this the freedom of religion, the free exercise of religion has just sort of been reduced to freedom. I would say that. um it's because we have not understood um, a biblical definition of freedom. Freedom is always unto God, not apart from God. Mm. And that's why, look, our libertarian friends, um, they have a lot of Christian followers because those Christian followers, even themselves, are ignorant of a biblical mm. definition of freedom. Man. So we can Man. only go so far with the libertarian because the libertarian is like freedom apart from God. But the Christian is like freedom unto God. Mm. When Moses was sent to Pharaoh, he was sent to tell Pharaoh, let God's people go that they may serve him. Mm. Not let them go just for freedom. Come on. Not let them go That's just good. for freedom. Let my people go that they may serve me. And he was told yes. this repeatedly. So God connected a purpose to the freedom. Yes. God has set us free unto himself, freedom unto him, not freedom apart from him. And we have forgotten this. And this also is indicated in the decline in our country. Yeah. Uh, Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Jim in Mississippi. Hi, Jim. All right. Been a long time. Hey, Jim. Is this Jim. preamble, Jim? Uh, preamble, Is this Jim. preamble, Jim? I mentioned the preamble. I, I thought that you'd be smiling about that. <laughs> I was. Now, Good you, for you. You, you pronounce uh, it's governor. Morris. Oh, governor. I'm from New like Orleans. Governor. We say governor. <laughs> we say governor, Jim. Governor. I'm from New Orleans. But let's let's go to uh, the declaration. It offers some good counsel about radical departures from established order. It says prudence indeed will dictate that government long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. Mm -hmm nor abolish the forms to which they're accustomed. Now look where we find ourselves. Mm. We removed foundational pillars like the Ten Commandments, all for most, uh, all practical purposes, the, the religious vestiges of our Christian heritage have been removed. Now we're steeped in the same gender marriages, mm. and guys are competing with women mm. and women's sports. Yeah. So there, there in the declaration, you've got uh, an admonition there that says you don't change if you, your customs, your values on a whim. Mm -hmm. But we're not versed in these precepts, and they're so foundation. And what does the scripture say? If the foundations be destroyed because you're not literate to them, what can the good people do? Mm. Yeah, let me let me go a step further in what you were quoting from the declaration there, Jim. I just want to continue on from that same line. Mm -hmm. uh, you began at the point of prudence. I want to I want to go a little bit further because I think that there is something instructive for us in that as well. All experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. Mm. So when you can make people comfortable, even while their rights are being stripped away, I don't know, more money. Mm. Wow. I, yeah. I don't know, free this. Yeah. I don't know, give me that. So, so, so even though there are evils that you are suffering, if those evils are sufferable, you're not going to push back. 
I'm going to tell you the sedation is not in religion. This is the sedation is in the bloated government that we have that believes itself to be the cure to everything that ails men. Hmm. Only Jesus Christ. That's right. Only Jesus Christ. Jim, thank you so much for your call. And I appreciate you correcting me on the pronunciation of Guvna. 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 That's right. In New Orleans, we say governor. <laughs> Come holler at me. All right. All right. Where, where do we go next, Will the Great? All right. Let's go to Jerry in Tennessee. Hi, Jerry. Hello, Will and Mickey. Hey. How are you guys? Hello. Doing? Good. Hey, Jerry. Hey. Um, so years ago, quick um, quick saying, I know, Mickey, you're rolling your eyes. I'm going to watch you. It's not going to be uh, quick. Yeah. <laughs> we're cut from that. the same cloth. But years ago, we came to a church that we're now at. I was worried because they had kind of an un- extra biblical system of government. They had people vote on things instead of having a board of elders. Let me call it that. <laughs> I asked mm. one of the associate pastors about this and because I was concerned about it. He said something really enlightening that I think applies to our country. He said, regardless of how godly a system you have, if you have ungodly people in the mm. pews and ungodly people in power using it, they will do whatever they want to do. Mm. Your system that you have in place will be taken over by evil people if they're there, if that makes sense. Mm. And I've seen that good, strong, but you know what looks like the right structure, mm-hmm. but then you get bad people in there and they just twist it. Yeah. So when, when we, like we're talking about today, when Christians look back at our nation's history, we try to be fair and true to it. What did it say? What was their intent? All of those things. But with a nation like ours, with 90% of the people lost who choose mm. evil people to be in power, they look at history, the Constitution, everything else, and they look for ways to twist it to whatever it is they want mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. They yes, only it does. Pass when it suits they only use the past when it suits their efforts. Look at this. They use history when they want to talk about slavery and Jim Crow so they can manipulate people. Come on, but Jerry. But they will silence history when it talks about the godliness of our past. Come on. Yeah. For me, was I brief enough, Mickey? For me. No, that, no you, you are spot on. You <laughs> know, right. Jerry, look, I'll, I'll let you run. I mean, I, I, well, we, I, hey, I'm not going to yeah. run. I just got one last thing. Go ahead. We Go ahead. can't do anything without more believers in our country. That's right. We can't, we're not going to get good leaders. We're not going to get godly leaders with 90% of our people evil. That's mm. right. Oh, man. Jerry, Which what a salient point. The gospel. <laughs> the gospel. Yeah. Listen, we, we have said this before, and, and, and I think it bears repeating. When we look at politicians, when we look at people who are influencing our children, and, and, and that's, that's our first line of defense. We really need to be shoring up, protecting and training our children But all of these people who are coming after our children, and I mean that, are coming after our children. Mm -hmm. Man, these people were once inside somebody's home. Come on. So there there were missed opportunities with them. Our politicians, they were in somebody's home. Yeah. Right? So there were missed opportunities with them. What I'm saying is that you cannot overstate the importance of the family. Yeah. You cannot overstate the importance of moms and dads and grandmoms and granddads really passing the gospel on to that next generation. Amen. And yet, even though you can't overstate it, people just don't state it at all. Mm. All right. Well, the great. Let's try to squeeze in one more call. All right. Let's go to Christy in Arkansas. Hi, Christy. Hey, how y'all doing? doing Hello. Fine. Hey. And I just want to tell you, Nikki, that I appreciate your enthusiasm. I Thank listen you. to you and I just get... Um, just excited listening oh, to you. Thank you so much. My my deal is this is just what I think. I'm not a smart. I'm I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse thirty years. But what I think is that people get too caught up in politics. Mm-hmm. We are called to be salt and light, 
we are called to show Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think people are so Democrat, Republican, that there's two people, categories of people in the world that is lost and saved. Mm. We are to keep our hand to the plow and we are to keep on working because devil can get us distracted. Mm. Now, as far as standing, absolutely, we stand. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says nothing about fighting. It's a very dangerous territory to to get into this because you can lose Jesus in all this. You can Oh, Christy, life. I'm so, man, you are making some excellent points. I'd really like to unpack them, but we are out of time. So I'm going to have to let you close out the show until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.